your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. If you want to shoot me a text, do so, 608-785-7914. On the show today, the Lacrosse Teachers Union President or the Lacrosse Education Association President, Jesse Martinez, he's a Logan Middle School teacher, 7th grade science, social studies and Spanish immersion teacher. Uh, Jesse, how long now have we been the LEA president? LEA, right? Yeah, you. Yeah, um, man, it's been since May. So May, like three months? Three months. How, it feels like a year and a half. It's like a year and a half. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big responsibility, but you have been kind of shadowing the old teacher union president, John Havlicek, right, over the past, I don't know, probably a couple of years? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been his vice president for about four years. Okay. Uh, too bad you're not shadowing him now because I think he's all over the country on vacation. Yeah, he's been, he's been living up his post-president life. <laughs> yeah, I would say, right, if he wasn't the teacher's union president, maybe he doesn't get to, uh, you know travel around like or, or or is that something that's by choice because you could do that if you wanted to um you know it, it, you you can but you're always on when you're traveling um i took a couple of trips took a couple of of um little trips with my family this summer but i i mean the whole time i was on i was answering phone calls i was answering emails <laughs> you're so. like as long as you don't have to do too many zoom calls uh, because you have to change your bracket. Hey, I'm at the beach, but I'm actually I'm going to change my background. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been lucky. I haven't had too many Zoom calls this summer, but I have had a lot of phone calls this summer. All right. So some of the things we're going to talk about, I'll just do a quick rundown, Jesse, and then um, we'll see where, where it takes us. But uh, obviously back to schools coming up. Uh, for most schools, I think uh, Hamilton and Northside do that year-round school. That you don't have to you don't have to deal with that at all, do you? Well, so yeah, so Hamilton and Northside are on their it's called a forty-five fifteen schedule. So basically, they go about forty-five days on, and then they have about fifteen days off. Um, we know at Lacrosse is the year-round schools, right? Yeah. So they they go back. They went back to school in the middle of July. Um, right, couple like a week or two after the fourth. Um, I don't teach in either of those schools, so I don't have to go back. But I, I do represent the members in those. Schools, yeah, definitely. So I have been responding to their their emails and their their concerns as they arise. So yeah, I would, yeah. Actually, I'll probably have to bug you about this at some point. It'd be cool to have uh, you know somebody there that's that's embedded in that kind of schedule, and and whether that schedule is better for students. And parents really like, and we can get into it a little bit here if you want to, but, um, back to school for the rest of those. I mean, I think a lot of people here, they went to, they went back to school in the middle of July and they all just cringe like, Oh, school in July. It's the worst. Um, (laughs) but back to school for the rest of the school district is September 1st. So, um, kind of like the weirdest day to go back to school Thursday. (laughs) So you're going to get all the kids for eh, one day where you kind of introduce each other. And then on a Friday where nobody's going to be paying attention, including the teachers. So that'll be a fun week, right? Or quote-unquote week. You know, that. so we've done this before where we've gone back on a Thursday. And the first time we did it, I was like, what in the world are we thinking? Why are we going back on a Thursday? Yep. And, then, and then going into a long weekend, right? 
So what, what, what's the point? But after having experienced it a couple of times, I actually really like it because it gives you and the kids kind of that primer of like, all right, we're back at school. This is how it's going to be. Here's our expectations. Here's a couple of like community building things. The schedule is always wacky the first couple of days of school anyways, because we're going to the auditorium to have assemblies and all this stuff. So um, I actually like having those two weird days the first week of school and then coming back after Labor Day and being like, all right, now we're good. Now we're here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea. I say, I tell this to people all the time. Hey, if you're going to take a day off of work, you know, I'm just going to I have vacation to b- use up. I just need to take a day off here and there. Never take the Friday off. Always take the Monday off because the the aura of a Monday is so much different than the aura of a Friday. When you're coming back That's to school, when you guys come back to school on Thursday, the kids are going to be wacky anyway. And but but teachers, you guys already know the the routine. But it's Thursday. You're like, ah, eh, I only got to do today. And then tomorrow, and then I have a long weekend. So all everybody that's back to school, not saying you wouldn't be in good moods anyway, but you're going to be in like extra good moods because you're like, okay, we're going to get these two goofy days out. They're goofy anyway. Uh, everyone's going to be in a good mood. And then next week we'll get down to business, so to speak, after having yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah, and when the kids come back to usually, I mean, just like with anything, there's always a honeymoon period, right? So the first month or two of school, and now I'm probably jinxing myself, but things usually pretty go pretty smoothly, right? So it's nice to to have those couple of days to really get to know your kids, learn their names, learn, at, at, like especially at the middle school, learn your own schedule because the schedules are different from year to year. So I, I do enjoy that, and, and I think it's good for the kids, too, to give them just a taste of being back. All right. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about is I, I just want to hit on this is kind of a done deal now, but like where do you go from here? The the teacher contract was signed a couple of weeks ago. The the teachers union uh, didn't get what it wanted. I don't think anyone really actually got what they wanted. Um, I don't know what kind of kingpin is sitting in a back room. <laughs> we only gave them two percent. Nobody nobody is there. But um, right. I, I guess you know like where do we go from here with that? And um, what else? Uh, and maybe we'll hit on the referendum. Um, yeah, let's see some of the funner. I, I, I'd like to just talk about a little bit different stuff. So when we talked before the show about the, how we might change grading, um, I might make yeah. you, I might maybe do a deep dive on, on, uh, we're not going to do a, B, C, D, F. I don't know why we get rid of E there. Maybe because it's too easy to change, but, um, we still, we could talk about that maybe, <laughs> but we might change how down the road, how, how we grade students and, what else did we have uh, on this list? Do, am I missing something? School poverty in lacrosse is really high. I think that's just yeah. worth bringing up. School lunch program federally ended. Like yeah. we're yeah. back in school. How are we going to give kids uh, breakfast and lunch? Uh, that you're probably right. uh, that's one of those things where you're like, yes, we need to feed those kids because then they come in not fed. They're crazy, or maybe they're uncrazy. They're 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 they don't have any energy. Um, and well, the referendum. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, all of those things are important. Where do you want to start? Uh, I want to start by, like, that's the things, and then we'll see where we go. I'm just going to take a quick break. Uh, Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back with Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president and teacher at Logan Middle School. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. The text line for now. I got Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president, on with me, otherwise known as the Teachers Union president. Uh, 
two things in my rundown of my my terrible rundown of what we wanted to talk about. I, Jesse, I totally missed the like most important thing, and then the maybe the most uh, I don't know one of the interesting things. First of all, the the teacher teachers leaving teachers leaving the school district, teachers leaving everywhere. I think this is a nationwide problem. And then, and then also summer's off. Your summer off is ending. Uh, this is why all you guys become teachers is so you get summers off. You don't care about anything else as long as you get them three months off from June, July, and August. And then you get to come back and, and you know, just grind until Christmas break. How was How is summers off for teachers nowadays? That's a really great question. Um you know, we all go in thinking we're going to get the summers off, and then there's a training here and a professional development day here and summer academy here. And, and, and you know, you very quickly you realize you spend lots and lots of hours over the summer working on curriculum, making sure you're a better teacher and you're improving from the year before. Um, so, yes, there is time off in the summer, but it is not three months and it is not um, necessarily – as free as we maybe think it is as a, as a society. So, do you have to be a teacher for? Because I my my roommate was a teacher back in back in the day, probably like a decade ago. So I got to see his like routine. You're you, this is your heading into your eighth year or seventh year now, I yep, believe. That's correct, eighth year. Eighth year. So, af, I feel like eight years, unless you changed grades or changed what you're teaching, and I don't think you do that very often as a teacher. You kind of teach what you teach. Um, you kind of you get a pretty good routine of what you're going to do. Does that mean that might make your year easier, but does it necessarily make your summer easier too? Well, that's a great question. There's two things there. Um, you can essentially, especially at the elementary and middle school levels, you can be moved from one grade to the next at the snap of a finger um, because of the way that the licensure works. You're you're not necessarily going to for for example, um, at Logan Middle School, last year, sixth grade had six teachers, seventh grade had five teachers, and eighth grade had six teachers. This year, sixth grade has five teachers, seventh grade has six teachers, eighth grade has five teachers. So it it's all fluctuates depending on the number of students that you have in a building, how many teachers are at each grade level. And mm-hmm. so people do get moved around quite frequently to, to meet the needs in the building, Um so, so you could be moving, um, even, even if you've been in the district a long time, especially at the elementary and middle level, if you have to move positions, you have to move positions. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, I never knew that. I guess in my head, the Mrs. Vukos, who was my third grade teacher, was for the, her entire life a third grade teacher. But I don't know. Is that something that's changed recently, or has that always kind of been the case? Or maybe you don't even well, know? Well, I think... I think part of that has to do with the fact that there's not as many people going into education, right? So they take the veteran teachers and, and kind of go, okay, like, we know you can, we know you know what you're doing, um, and you can figure it out. So if we have to move you, we move you. And I don't want to speak on behalf of the whole district because I don't work in the elementary school, right? I don't work at the high school. I, I know intimately how it works at the middle school. Yeah. And they try to take into account, um, like, you know, you've been here 20 years, and we're going to give you kind of the priority on what you want to teach. But sometimes, based on how people are licensed, there's not a lot you can do, and people just have to move. Yeah, in my head, it would be like, you've been here 20 years, you get seniority. If you want to stay at your level, you stay at your level. But also, you've been here 20 years, you know what you're doing. Uh, you're going to be better apt to 
to uh, to be able adapt. to adapt. There it is. Apt to adapt. That was the phrase I wanted to throw out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, maybe those older teachers are way too lazy and don't have the greatest aptitude for adapting. Right. Like maybe they eh, they kind of set in their ways, maybe. Mm, from what I've seen, our <laughs> older teachers are really dynamic educators and are able to adapt to just about anything. That that was that was very evident during the pandemic. That's for sure. All right. So before I, before we get into how the district is doing with teachers leaving, I think I'll I'll, I'll save that for the bottom half of the hour. But um, all right. So you guys don't actually get summers off. Um, let's let's dive into this. We got about eight minutes here. Um, where to go? Where to go? Just the the idea that. I think we hear this all the time. We're not going to use A, B, C, D, F as grades anymore. I feel like that's always, well, we're going to change. We're going to, is, is this a serious conversation that we are going to change from a grading system into something different? Yes, it's a very serious conversation. And, and actually, we were like full steam ahead at the beginning of last year to implement it for this coming school year. And we realized as we started working on it last year, that there is a whole lot more to it than what any of us really realized or imagined. Okay, first and of all, so, Jesse, let's go. What is it? Do we know? That's a great can, question. Can you explain it? Um, <laughs> yes. So essentially what we're looking at, and, and this is mainly implemented already at the elementary level, right? Most elementary students don't receive A, B, C, D, F grades, right? When, when I was in elementary school, right, it was you get a check, a minus, or a plus, and that means you did it, you didn't do it, or you did really good at it. Plus a sticker. Um, <laughs> right. Um, now there's actual, like, what are you supposed to be able to accomplish at each grade level? And are you proficient in it? Did you meet the expectation? Are you going way above and beyond? Are you exceeding the expectation? Are you almost there but not quite yet? Or have you shown no evidence? Is there? Have you not been able to show any evidence of your learning? Um, and that's what we call standards-based grading. That's pretty much, I mean, there's some things that need to, that, that will like, that will probably change a little bit at the elementary level. Um, but that is not how we grade at the middle or high school level right now. Um, and so what we're looking at moving to is a system of not just getting points for turning in assignments, right? It's, it's, being more intentional with our grading about what skills we really need to see from our students and then deciding based on what we're able to observe in our classrooms and from the work that is produced, if the students are meeting the expectations, need a little more work, or are like going way above and beyond. Okay, so how much harder does that make your job, being able to assess that? Because if I'm a teacher, I have a lot of students, or maybe not a lot of students, depending, you got 20, I don't know, 15, 30 students. Uh, if I have a book and it's got all the numbers and the grades in it, I'm like, mm, you're, you're at 72. That's like a C. Uh, but if you don't have that, you have to do this. You have to assess them based on skills and, and how, you know, just how you're assessing them, but, you know, not so much on numbers and grades. Um, that, that seems like a lot more weight put on your back. You know, at, at this juncture in the, in the whole process, it's a lot of work because we are completely changing our mindset on how grades work. And that is why we were like, oh, yeah, full steam ahead last year, and then went, well, we need to pump the brakes on this because there's a whole lot more work than we anticipated. And so um, it's been 
really a testament to the teachers in the district to look at this and go, whoa, there's a lot here, and we want to do this right, and we want to do this well. And so we want to slow down, not rush to implement this, and then make sure that we implement it correctly, and that might push our timeline back, and we have to be okay with that. And it was great of district administration to go, ooh, you're right. We do have a lot more work to do before we can actually implement this. So we're actually we're practicing kind of with it this year, and then we'll pro- we'll. This isn't. I mean, this is way above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't make the decisions on when that's implemented. The district administration will make that decision. Um, but I think they're hoping for next school year. Um, but there's no 100 percent on that yet, to my knowledge. You, are you kind of doing both ways right now? You're in the back of your head. You're always like, okay, how would I grade these students based on this new standard-based grading? And then also, I'm just giving them A, B, C, D, F. You know, the the way that we've kind of all started to prepare, and I shouldn't say all, a lot of us have started to prepare, is by using language with our students of like, you know, I really, I, I notice you're meeting the expectation here. You've and using that language when we when we give feedback on assignments and on assessments, um, or you know you're almost there, you're on your way to meeting the expectation. This is what you need to do to get there, right? And so that mindset mindset shift, not just with educators, but with the students as well. Them understanding, like, oh, I'm not just because one of the most frequent questions I get from a student is, how many points is this worth? Yeah. Right. As opposed to looking at it from the lens of, oh, I need to have this skill, and how do I get, how do I get better at doing this skill that I need to have? In science, for example, one of the things that we really focus on in seventh grade is designing, implementing, and evaluating an experiment. And so, going through that whole process is a year-long thing, right? They might not get a, a, a meeting expectations on that or a proficient until March because it takes that long to really get through that process and understand all the different parts of it. Well, yeah, maybe like repetition, just learning the process and then being able to do it without like having to go back to, oh, what I missed the step. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you use an example, maybe this is a bad example, but if you were going to school for being a welder and you passed all the quote-unquote welding written exams uh, you might be the best at taking all the welding written exams and you could pass the class, but you didn't actually do any well, like you're terrible at literal welding. So, uh, right, I mean, right. there's a, there, that's kind of how that works, right? I don't know how you like, well, in, in science, right. You, you just said it, like how you would go through, uh, conducting an experiment, I think is what you said, or, a, is that what yeah, you said? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cre- designing, implementing, and evaluating an experiment. Yeah. So as a welder, you know, like, uh, you, at the end of the day, you got to, you got to be able to weld. So, um, well, I, and, I, and that's true in any subject, right? In band, you need to be able to play your instrument. Right. In art, you need to be able to create a two-point perspective, or, or or you need to be able to in in el in English language arts, you need to be able to write a paragraph. Um, so, so there's skills that we need to focus on in all of these different content areas, and it's just shifting from okay, you turned this in, it's worth ten points. I'm looking for these aspects. You have two of them, so I'm going to give you a six out of ten. It's, right. it's a little bit more arbitrary, whereas with standards-based grading, you're looking at a rubric that outlines specifically what, what, the, what the student needs to be able to do, and they can either do it, they can't, or they're almost there.
Yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't want the kid going into the final. How many points do I need to finish to pass this class uh, with the final? Exactly. Exactly. You need all the points, kid. Um, what what I think I think we've already seen this implemented in in uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Billy Madison academic decathlon. <laughs> I certainly have. Like that's I mean, could we do that at the end of the year? The the kids got to go through a decathlon of math, science, gymna- gym gymnasium, uh, physical education. Sorry, gym teachers. Uh, and, and they, they just have to do all the things like the pressure's on and then you go against and you compete against your fellow students. No, wouldn't work. You know, that would be a question for, uh, for some of our district administrators and how they want to want to implement that in the district. Yeah. We'll sit them down. We'll play Billy. We'll play Billy. Matt. We'll watch Billy Madison together and just go, Hey, what do you think? Billy versus Eric here. I don't know. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the teacher situation in the lacrosse school district with Jesse Martinez, who is the Lacrosse Education Association president, which is essentially the teachers' union president. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president. Stick around with me. And when school starts, Jesse's going to be able to eat more easily come in studio, I think. Havlicek always came in studio and... Um, it's, it's easier to converse that way. And, um, but, but it's hard for you at this point, but just, just throwing it out there. You're always welcome to come in here. Yes. I look forward to, to making my first appearance appearance in studio, in studio. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to talk about the, well, we, we kind of teased it at the beginning of the show. I haven't talked about it and it might be the most important thing is, um, does lacrosse school district have, and maybe, maybe, you know, from other districts too, I don't know if you, you, the teacher union presidents talk to each other, but uh, does lacrosse have a teacher shortage? Uh, so let me start by saying this. Lacrosse has a teacher shortage. Holman has a teacher shortage. Milwaukee has a teacher shortage. Everywhere has a teacher shortage, right? This isn't unique to lacrosse, but it is a problem in lacrosse right now. I mean, the teachers' union presidents absolutely talk to each other. Um, I'm involved in the teachers' union at the local, state, national level. Um, I've talked to people from all around the country about this. Um, there's folks who are like, I, we don't know if our school is going to be able to open on the first day of school. And, like, this is specifically from a colleague of mine in Michigan. He was like, I don't, like, we don't have enough bodies in the building hired to run our school right now so this is a problem not just in lacrosse but across the whole country do we need to go back to like my parents times when they were in school and it's just one little building and everyone is in one it's just one classroom and one teacher like what the the is it the a christmas story like school no that's not even older (laughs) than that older than that yeah little house on the prairie or something like that then isn't that how they went to school it's like one little house with one classroom in it and i don't even know if they had a bathroom that that was a very very long time ago and it is (laughs) not a great way to run a public education you don't want to teach first through 12th grade or or maybe more what was that you don't want to teach first through 12th grade in one classroom no i'd prefer not to have to do that (laughs) All right, so what? Where is lacrosse at? You, you say everywhere is that, but where is lacrosse at? Then uh, you know, I don't know if you have like specific numbers, but just like 
Um, you know, I don't you- have specific numbers for how many openings there are right now. I believe, I mean, I know there's several, right? Like in my building alone, there's there's two openings for, for teacher positions right now um, that have that are not filled. Um, and uh, quite frankly, probably won't be filled by the first day of school. Um, I'm going on that. As far as, as, go- far as um, specific numbers for the whole district, I don't have them. I can tell you, um, based on the most recent numbers I saw, um, as of like the beginning of August, about just just teachers, inc- folks on teacher contracts, including teachers, school counselors, school psychologists, school social workers, those types of positions, um, somewhere around 70 teachers and people on teacher contracts have left the district between the 2021-2022 school year and the 2022-2023 school year. Okay, so in the so around 70 and you say left the district, so they you, you got to wonder did they leave for a better job at a different district or did they leave for a different job not in schools too? It, 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 it's a mixture of all of that. I can't say for certain if there's more of one than the other, but I know that there are instances of each of those within that group of folks who left. Um, but the problem that we're running into that you and I were kind of talking about earlier is that there's all of these people across the country leaving teaching because across the country, teachers are not being treated as professionals, right? Whether you want to talk about pay, working conditions, anything like that, teachers are not feeling as though they're treated as professionals. And in fact, they make less than, than similarly educated peers across the country. Um, and, and so people are leaving the profession, and because folks are seeing people leaving the profession, there's very few people coming into the profession, which means that there's not people, there's just simply not enough people going into the profession to replace those that are leaving. Yeah, part of that, the, the, the story I saw just recently was, for the first time in 20 years, teachers can deduct more for school supplies. Um, I think it went from 250 to 300 You could correct me on that if, it's, if I'm it's, wrong. It's, it's something around that, and the reason that I am not paying too much attention to that number is because it's still a slap in the face, quite frankly. Right. It's a Band-Aid on a wound that is gaping and bleeding everywhere, and that's what we're seeing across the country, Right. We're seeing these little band-aids that people are trying to stick on this huge problem, this huge systemic problem, right? And saying, oh, in Florida, we're going to let veterans teach without a license. Or over here, we're going to let this demographic of people teach without a license. And what I say to that is, what other profession where you need to be licensed are you willing to let someone jump in and do it without a license? Well, and the idea. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really good at arguing. Does that mean I should go practice law without my law license? Probably not, right? Um, so it, it, it's, it's a systemic problem that we're trying to, trying to just patch up. And what needs to happen is we need to make sure that teachers are looked at as professionals. We need to make sure that there's fully funded public school systems that can pay their employees, provide the school supplies that are necessary so that teachers don't have to deduct school supply money from their taxes, and make sure that we're making this a really attractive profession so that people are coming in and not leaving. Yeah, I love the idea that we're going to up the deduction by $50. So you can deduct your out-of-pocket classroom expenses by $300. I bet it costs about $300 to pay somebody to do your taxes 
uh, so that you can <laughs> because <I'm> like <laughs> <Right>. oh yeah <laughs> to, to make sure I can get that deduction back. Exactly. Yeah, where is that little checkbox exactly. that says oh I can deduct three hundred? Check no, I have, probably have to prove that I use three hundred dollars to spend in my classroom and then right. keep all that paperwork. It's just a big hassle. How about we just give all the teachers an extra three hundred dollars? Also, how far does three hundred dollars go for you? I mean, are you spending more than three hundred dollars out of your pocket? I probably have spent about three hundred dollars just getting ready for the school year. And it's August. That doesn't uh, include anything that I will buy throughout the rest of the school year. Right. It's August twenty second. So you haven't even. You've already hit the three hundred. Like we're not even under contract yet. Our first contract day is tomorrow. Do you have any? I mean, maybe it fluctuates. But how much money do you think you spend as a teacher on you know uh, out of your pocket on on your students? So my wife and I are both teachers, and we have both kind of just made it, made an unspoken agreement that we're not going to talk about that because it would be way too much money. Okay, it's just like even... I, I mean, quite, I've never I've never been able to bring myself to to actually tally up how much money I spend on on my own classroom because I know that it's going to be a big number and it's going to just make me sad and angry. So I just do you know you do it because you know like. For example, oh, I'm going to do this lab tomorrow. I need M&Ms. I need cotton swabs. I need Ziploc bags. I'm going to run to Walmart, and I'm going to get them. You don't need M&Ms, Jesse. If you're going to save money, you just go get rocks out of the yard at school. <laughs> Anything for the kids, man. Anything for the kids. Seriously. like, And a good M&M lab ups the engagement by a lot. Yeah, but are you doing regular M&M's, peanut, the new ones? They've got all oh, them got, flavors. It's got to be regular. It's okay. got to be regular. Um, you also, don't risk a peanut allergy. Also, you say you get mad at it. I mean, you could get mad at it, but also you could kind of feel good about it. You know, you pat yourself on the back. Hey, I'm doing, you know, like, and you kind of did. Like, hey, nah, I'm, I'm mad about it. I, I don't need a pat on the back. I need a fully funded classroom. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so when you say about 70 teachers left over the past year, right, essentially kind of out of the lacrosse school yep. district. Yep. Would you say because I I just pulled up the like teacher hiring website the Wisconsin Education Career Access Network so I'm in the school district sure. of Lacrosse there's 19 um, position titles here I don't know if all those one's a substitute school nurse so that they're not all those teachers are what are open right now yeah there's 19 on the page um, when yeah. 70 people leave the district in in a teacher contract situation does that mean we lost? 70 positions or is there a certain amount of like you know what we can we we need to we needed to get rid of a couple of these positions anyway no so it's a mix of several things right there there was some attrition right where there was say for example in a building like mine where the number of students went down so we actually would have lost a, a teacher this year um we had a retirement, and so we just didn't have to replace that position, right? We didn't have to hire someone else to take that position. Yeah. So it wasn't maybe that we have to have 70 full positions to fill, but the fact of the matter is that number 70 is only people on teacher contracts, right? That doesn't include the teacher's assistants, the cooks, the custodians, the administrative assistants who have left over the last year as well. Um, and I would be willing to bet a lot of those positions, the, of those 19 that you mentioned, are probably support positions, teachers, assistants, cooks, custodians, things like that, um, because, you know, those people that work as support people in a school are the ones that make it 
a good place to learn. I can tell you I've had several teacher's assistants over my career, and without them, there's no way I would be the teacher I am today. I remember my very first year teaching, I worked with a veteran teacher's assistant who had been in the district for a number of years, and I told her a lesson I was going to try, and she go, she kind of laughed, and she goes, why don't you try it this way instead? Because I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> and I tried it the way that I wanted to do at one period. I tried it the way that she said, the period that she was in there, her way worked way better, right? So these, these folks who are working in our classrooms and support roles are absolutely vital to our success as, as a school district. And we're not able to attract people into those positions either because who's going to work for the wage that's being offered, right? Well, and then let's let's get into that. The, the just real quick, a couple minutes up. Um, the the school board or the school district approved a quote unquote two percent raise. Uh, your your pay increased by two percent. You wanted four point seven percent, I believe. That's correct. The most yep. you could you, the most you could ask based on the rules by the state only four point seven percent raise. Um, obviously that's probably one of the reasons why we've lost maybe when you said you said back in April or you said the April numbers where we lost 40 teachers or teacher contract positions and now it's 70 in August. Um, do you think a lot of that had to do with the 2% those 30? Um, I, I think that was a big the, salary compensation and benefits was absolutely a reason. Um, I know the district doesn't have really solid numbers on that because they, they say that that's not indicated on the exit survey that they send to folks. Um, the exit survey is pretty arbitrary. It's sent out as an email, and people fill it out if they decide they feel like filling it out. Yeah. And some people don't. And the way that it's worded, you have all of these options as to why you left. Um, and so maybe it wasn't your top reason, but it was a factor. So none of that is taken into account. Uh, from the folks that I've talked to that have left, Salary and benefits factored in absolutely for most of them, um, but it also had a lot to do with um, just how we're treated as professionals in the profession as a whole, not necessarily just in the school district, but but in this profession. So how do we go forward with, the, okay, obviously the, the raise is the raise. The 2% increase is the 2% increase. What happens next year? And, you know, like, just like, I feel like we need to right the wrong somehow. Is there, is there a thing the state can do? Is there a thing the district needs well, to do? What, what needs to happen is the state legislature needs to stop being lazy, get their butts to Madison, do their jobs in front of schools. Um, that, that is what would really change the game, right? Um, there's also, I, I mean, I am very dedicated, and I've had conversations with Dr. Engel, and school board president Dr. Jimenez about continuing conversations to make sure we can find a way to 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 make sure that this doesn't have to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because the fact of the matter is things aren't going to be much better next year. In fact, that four point seven percent number is going to go up to something probably around six percent. Right. Um, and so we got to get closer than we did this year. And it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of discussing. But I think all three of us, Dr. Engel. Uh, Dr. Jimenez and myself are all really dedicated to making sure we have those conversations, which I am truly appreciative of. I mean, after the vote was taken, I've had several conversations with both of those people about how to move forward and how to make sure that we are able to maintain a productive relationship while still being able to be completely honest with one another. Yeah, because going forward, uh, you know, like it seems like a wrong that's... (laughs) 
that we we talk about it with teachers never get paid enough. And then on top of that, the 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 legislatures in the in month number five of being out of session for ten months because hey, we got right. a campaign. We don't need to do anything in Madison. Also, you you know the the Lacrosse School District has a hundred ninety four point seven million dollar referendum. Uh, on Alaska has a seventy five million dollar referendum. Uh, referendum, and I learned that last last week. We learned that Bangor has a twenty five million dollar yep. referendum. So all these school districts are asking the taxpayers to pay for things that the state isn't doing. So it's just like, hey, red, you know, like it's not just lacrosse; it's going through this. Oh, it, I mean, th- that's been the norm since Act Ten, right? When we really flashed funding to public education, we've had to go to referendum for everything. Right. This is a capital referendum for for renovating buildings or making like I know the Bangor one is about about making additions onto the middle high school and onto the elementary school. Um, something similar in on Alaska and lacrosse. The referendum is to build a new high school and um, make sure that the two current high schools are updated to become middle school. Um, those are all capital costs, none of which can be used in operational funds, right, like paying educators. Right, and I was just making the distinction here that the state legislature is responsible a little bit for all of this. Um, Absolutely, they're absolutely responsible for all of that. All right, that's Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president, and he's a teacher at Logan Middle School. School starts September 1st, but you're working tomorrow. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, got to take one more break. All right, that's going to wrap it up for day one of the week. Thanks again to Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president, the teachers' union president, right? Uh, and he's a Logan Middle School teacher who teaches seventh grade science, social studies, and Spanish immersion. So he's doing a little bit of everything over there at Logan. Uh, school starts September first. We didn't even get into that. Like, hey, how does the first talk about the first day of school? It was on the list, but we never got to it. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow.